into the area. Janček, stab through, chance, shot, goal! Full stop! Unbelievable scenes at the end for the derby! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mr. Mark Donaldson. Hold on a minute. Normally, it's the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, the something. We don't even have anything we can say no. about them. No. No. Oh, that's that's sad. <laughs> I don't like it, to. It... Well, I don't like to swear too early. We we managed to keep that explicit tag <laughs> away from the podcast, but yeah. I think it's because usually we don't swear until we've kind of loosened up. I think if ah. I drop something right at the start, we might get we might get found out. So yeah, just just trying to brush over any sort of introduction just now. Yeah, because any words, any adjectives to describe Hart's performance at McDermott Park on Saturday wouldn't exactly be Disney. There'd be uh, there'd be a few effing and jeffing. So I'm going to do my best today to avoid talking about hearts, which is going to be impossible. So I'm going to start today. We're recording on Monday. This is President's Day over here. So here is my favourite tidbit of the of the day. Um, the tenth president of the United States of America was John Tyler. He was born in 1790, and he has a living grandson who is still alive. Harrison. Tyler is 93 years old, the grandson of John Tyler, the 10th president of the United States of America, who was born in 1790. And that's about the best you're going to get today, as far as info is concerned, because I got a funny feeling the next hour or so, there's a few home truths about our favourites at Tynecastle Park that needs to be told. I, I, I don't even know how, how to respond to that. I've not even got through introducing everyone and you've already managed oh, to go off on a, yeah. a, com- a complete you a, tangent. You promised a tangent to our uh, our special guest today. So I thought, you know what? <laughs> I need to lead by example and drop one in before he's even had a chance to say hello and good evening. Indeed. <laughs> uh, we are delighted to be joined by a lifelong Hearts fan that we're coming on to give... His opinions on what's happening at the moment at the club. It's Stevie Morris. How are you doing, Stevie? I'm doing very well, and thank you uh, for inviting me along to to do this podcast. No, Stevie, what's, 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 what's your uh, what's your American present piece of trivia? Because oh, that was in the memo. We all had to. We were told we were starting at <laughs> at seven thirty on the dot, so we're all here, I believe. I think, and we had we had to come with a presidential uh, bit of uh, bit of trivia. So, well, well, well I've got one. I, I was locked um, in a room in Vietnam uh, during a lockdown for a whole week, and the only English speaking channel was CNN, and I had to watch Donald Trump for a whole week. Dreadful. <laughs> Stevie, you fit in absolutely beautifully into this podcast of nonsensical behaviour. Right, Dunsar, what's your American presidential piece of trivia? I was just going to ask Stevie, what what's worse um, at the moment? Would you be watching the current Hearts performances for a full week or watching Donald Trump for a full week? Or being in lockdown in Vietnam? 
<laughs> There's no much in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that Stevie's actually um, read time. the invite, read the invite, oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. very punctual on, yeah. on with this recording, whereas yep. a certain Ryan McGowan is currently yeah. a team dinner. A what? A team he doesn't dinner. even play for them. He's on the bench. He never gets on anymore. And he's still getting invited to team dinners. He should just get the packed lunch and told, you, look, if somebody drops out the team dinner... I was going to say, does he just have to like wait? Playing for a, does yeah, he like get playing, fed until someone it's like, else Exactly. It's like him playing for Australia. He just goes along for, a, for, the, for the air miles these days. So, yeah, Ryan McGowan is currently eating dinner somewhere, not being, not being available. So we, 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 we did this five we decided... What was that? He's promised. Well, he'll be here in five minutes. So we well, like, let's see. Is it we, is it too early? Is there a fuck it? We'll just go without him until he <laughs> joins us. <laughs> Indeed. So Stevie is joining us, of course, to talk about Hearts. Um, but Stevie, you were also featured on um, on the Hearts page and social media uh, after you know some very d- difficult news that you received just last year after being diagnosed with MND, and I think. The, the output, the video that Hearts uh, put, out, put out there was very moving. Um, I think a lot of people were touched by it. And I think it was very brave of you to, to go and do that. So as well as talking about Hearts and, and the recent performances and, and, and how you feel about the club at the moment, we will touch on, on that as well. So I guess, first of all, you know, how are you just now? How are things? Uh, I'm, I'm okay just now. Um, I suppose the, the best bit of news I got was um, last month, because prior to that, I, the the news after being diagnosed uh, was that in October they gave me three to five months to live. Um, as you can imagine, that was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But in January we got reassessed by the the MD people, and they gave us the news, which was <laughs> brought about with just as many tears. Actually, they said that and now will last at least till the summer, and with a bit of luck, maybe even as far as Christmas. So that was incredible news to get, um, and one that you know just set us off, as you can well imagine. Yeah. Um, so that was the, the best bit of news I could, I could possibly have had. No, it's, um, it's, 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 it's still not good, obviously, but no, but um, a lot better than uh, only being around for three to five months after October. I think after that kind of news, every additional day or week or month that you can have with. With friends and families, a, a bit of a blessing, albeit, yeah, like you say, there's there's no kind of good way, good oh, out, outcome, but yeah. That's it. And if I can still get to see hearts, then that's a, a Brucey bonus as well. Yeah, sometimes we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> maybe, maybe not Saturday, but we'll, yeah. um, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, as as we go on with the uh, with the podcast this week, and we'll probably be joined by Ryan at some point when he's finished eating. What's he? What do you think he's having? Caviar? Something? No, in, no. in Kuwait. Uh, it will be. Well, I don't know if you heard a couple of weeks ago, Stevie. He, he was interrupted by the doorbell because he'd ordered Uber Eats and he was on the sushi. So, <laughs> shall we? Shall we decide? Shall we try and guess what what the what's for dinner? For we'll be humus uh, in the Middle East. Must be. <laughs> is that is that what your wife Mary feeds you all the time? <laughs> certainly not. No, certainly not. <laughs> humorous, maybe. <laughs> humorous food. Well, humorous. I, I was wondering how much, how much humor is going to be in this in this podcast after after Saturday um, against St Johnston because 
what did we say last week, Laurie, right? We've got a full week to prepare. Robbie's come out with the comments. Everything will be fine. We've got a full week. What the hell happened at the weekend? Yeah, well, let's um, let's move on then and get stuck into that. Okay, so St. Johnston against Heart of Midlothian at the weekend. They always make that joke, don't they? It's like, on a bad run of games, can't buy a win. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for you, Heart of Midlothian Football Club. So yes, Hearts travelled to McDermott Park, a, a, a famously very um, tough ground for Hearts to go to, you know, without a win there in over a decade and without a win there in the league in well, almost 12 years. But against the Saints team who'd won one of their last 16 games and hadn't won a home match for nine games since the 2nd of October. And Robbie Nielsen, of course, talked about this is a game where finally we've had a full week to um, to build up. And do you know what? He's, Ryan McGowan's just waiting to come in now. He's, well, he's, he's on time. He he's, said he's, to, he's, he's ruined my flow. He's ruined my flow. I'm going to let him Right, you, are you going are you going to let him in? You didn't yeah. let me in when, a couple of weeks ago. Right, here he is. Just just as I'm trying to introduce this in Johnson Hearts game. Is, it, is he there? Hello. Right, what do you have for your dinner? Chicken, pasta, and some salad. Any humus? <laughs> yes, a little bit, actually. Oh! Yes, Stevie! Nailed. Did you just get it bang on? Apologies for being late. <laughs> It's okay. Dude, I, wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been able to make it any earlier either. We're on air right now. Oh. Yeah, we're live. We're, li- we're, we're just wondering. Be- Don't swear. We're, we're now. live. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Um, we, because uh, you don't really play for QA anymore, um, and you're like oh, an unused sub, does that, does that mean that they give you a packed lunch, and if one of the first team boys can't make it, you got a seat at the table? How does it work? I've been rested. I was rested, rested. my friend. Rested. Because I've had a busy that- schedule, so I've been rested. Oh. So I'm back in tomorrow. We've got quarterfinal tomorrow night. But are you playing? It's at eight o'clock. Yeah, playing. So it's at eight o'clock. So we train at the same time that we play for that match. So it's currently ten forty-five here in Q8. So we we didn't finish till about quarter past nine, nine thirty, and then we got the bus to the team hotel and dinner and then i've raced up to my room so apologies for being late guys no 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 i love the fact that we're trying to do everything that we can in our power not to talk about the st johnson game and Lori was <laughs> yes. about to start we even got your uh, your personal chef who we're going to fly over stevie morris um who's great <laughs> at providing uh, hummus um he, he's on so ryan stevie stevie ryan hi ryan how you Good doing? apologies for being late it's shocking Stevie's missing extenders for this. And <laughs> <laughs> I wish I missed St. Johnson at the weekend anyway. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, probably rather watch extenders. Anyway, the, the soap opera that is heart of Midlothian. Let's let's get back onto it. So team news. Team news. Um we expected some changes. Uh, Michael Smith didn't make it. Benny Beningame and Andy Halliday dropped out. But I suppose the big bit of news was when I arrived at McDermott Park and walked up to the uh, the media gantry. The first thing I asked was, hey, "Any news for the game?" And one of the Hearts media team turned to me and said, "No, Gordon." <laughs> and I went, "Oh, I'll just I'll just head back out to the car park then, will I?" So yes, no Craig Gordon, which meant for the first time this season in a competitive game, Ross Stewart would come into the Hearts team. 
as would Nathaniel Atkinson, Peter Haring, and Josh Ginelli. And Hearts kept that 3-4-3 formation. Stewart and goals, Sibic, Suter, Kingsley at the back, Atkinson on the right, Cochrane left, Devlin and Haring in the centre, and Ginelli, Sims, and Mackay in attack. So I guess, Mark, the the big concern, I suppose, with the starting eleven was that our captain and goalkeeper wasn't there. But other than, other than that, not too many surprises. Maybe you would be surprised that there wasn't Gary Mackay Stephen at left wing back. <laughs> well, saying I wanted that, but that was spoken about in the build up. I'll be honest, I didn't actually go through the comments. I normally go through the comments now just for a laugh to see how how unhappy people are because they're always unhappy. Um, and I didn't even do you know what? I didn't even check the goalkeeper. Because you don't. I just checked the outfield players on the Hearts lineup, <laughs> and honestly, it wasn't until kickoff, and I was commentating on Osasuna against Atletico Madrid, right? So I got the first fifteen minutes, and I got bits and pieces of it, and I've seen most of it since. It wasn't until I saw Ross Stewart picking the ball at the back of the net. I'm like, who the hell's this? Because I just, I just looked at the ten outfield players. You don't need to check the goalkeeper on the Hearts lineup. And I was like, what the hell? It wasn't until later that I found out what, what had gone on. So, yeah, injury and illness. It's not a case of whether you were surprised or not. It's a case of we can't pick players in form because none of them are really in form. So what do we do? This is what we did. And within a minute, we're a goal down. I don't know if Ross Stewart had a touch of the ball. I don't think he did before he no. picked it out the back of his net. Don't think so, no. Oh. No, I mean, I know you were watching the game, Stevie. I mean, some worries from a goalkeeping perspective. We've been off form, but did you expect us to start quite as badly as we did? Uh, no, definitely not. Um, but one of the things I did think would have been a better solution would have had Haring at centre-half instead. Um, I've been crying out for that last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I think he's a better centre-half. We've, we've certainly Sibic struggled, hasn't he? I mean, everybody's everybody's struggled, but Sibic. I mean, could you just swap the two? Could you play? Yeah, Sibic? absolutely. I mean, so it's getting to the stage, Stevie, where what we're doing isn't working. So, do you go wholesale changes? Is that an admission that you've got things seriously wrong? I think what these players need is to play football with a smile on their face, to have a bit of belief. Whether they're not getting that in training or, or whatever, because some of them look scared, some of them look like they don't want the ball. So if it means that one or two tweaks, I know Laurie last week was talking about Gary Mackay, Stephen, and God knows we don't want him at left wing, but it's getting to the stage whereby we're going to have to try things like that. We might have to try hiring and civic swapping positions because what we've got right now isn't working. I mean, looking at the start of the game, this is a St. Johnston team, not only in absolutely dreadful form, as I mentioned, but a, a team that were decimated by by injuries as well. And it just struck me as if if you if you were told before the game one of these teams is sitting in third and the other team is at the bottom and is decimated by injuries, you wouldn't have thought it was St Johnston that, that they were the team bottom of the table. You know, started with a good pace, ball down the right, cut into Halberg who sadly was really good out there I thought he was by far the best player on the park uh, but so much space given to him in the box just rolls it to Ali Crawford curls it into the corner and you know we've talked about Hearts not being quick enough not being aggressive enough and it was just exactly what we're lacking wasn't it Ryan it just it immediately you know 
even though we've got a bad record there and we've been on a poor run, you always try and go into games with a bit of optimism, but less than 60 seconds in, and that was kind of sucked out of us all straight away. Well, we had spoken last week about even the sort of noise that was coming out of uh, Rickerton and Tynecastle in terms of that they were having a much different approach. They've had a week's-long training session and uh, a week's-long, sorry, training to prepare for this game. And I think they forgot what time kickoff was because it was just such a poor start. And it's, it's so important. People don't understand the importance of that first 15 minutes of a game, no matter who you're playing against. And especially a team down the bottom that's so low on confidence. If you start that game on the front foot, snapping into tackles right up for it, they're just thinking, oh my God, here we go again. How are we going to get a point here? Whereas for for Hearts just now, it's we give them a goal, which gives them a massive lift. It gives the crowd a lift. It puts a lot of players who at the moment are struggling with confidence into their shell, and it's just an uphill battle. And um, We go on to score, and you're thinking, right, that's it. You know, I think it was we scored, what, 10 minutes after him, not even? Just just five thinking, minutes right. after, yeah. Yeah, you're thinking, right, that's it. Let's kick on now and, and score a couple more, and that might be the sort of wake-up call that they needed. But if anything, I think St. Johnson grew into the game more and more, and it's it's definitely a worrying time now, I think, with the way that the results have been going. And not so much the results, it's, it's more the performances and the lack of effort that a lot of the players seem to be giving. Yeah, why I would mean, that be, Ryan? Why, why would there be a lack of effort? collectively I think sometimes that comes down to we, we spoke about it sort of that bravery and um, of getting on the ball and oh, putting yourself out there to make mistakes because you know it's difficult you know the, the, the team's going through a difficult spell and sometimes the easiest thing is to be like it's not really me I'm not I'm not the one making the mistakes and it wasn't my fault and footballers and society's famous on you know shifting the blame and not taking responsibility whereas you need strong characters to be like, I'll take the ball. I'll start us going. I'll try and beat the winger. or I'll try and beat the, the fullback. I'll be the one that, that gets the crowd going. And you need those types of players to really be stepping up. And, and Hearts just don't seem to be having that at the moment. And you see it from a few... I think Suda's quite good at it. You know, he, He's the one that brings the ball out from defence and almost takes it on, upon himself to be like, right, I'll start us going. But I'm not saying it's this defender's union, but there's only so much you can do as a centre-back and to getting into that final third. They're needing someone that's that really sort of takes the, the game by the scruff of the neck and says, listen, I'll I'll make some mistakes. Of course, I'm going to make mistakes because if you're trying through balls, if you're trying things in the final third, you're going to make mistakes. But at least that gives other players confidence. Whereas just now that sort of square pass, backward pass, passing the buck a little bit. Um, and that, that then comes across as lack of effort and lack of intensity because you, they're not wanting on the ball. Do we have someone that can do what you've just said to take the game by the scruff of the neck? Because the transfer window's closed. We have what we have until the summer. Oh, um, no one's shown shown us that, I think, in the last couple of weeks because they would have they would have shown it. They've had plenty of opportunities to do it. The one that I we said, well, when I was playing, it was sort of like a, a Kevin Carl, for example, or Attempts was very good at it. Um, more recently, Naismith. You know, sometimes he wasn't having the best game, but he made sure players around him were having a good game. He made sure that he was always an option to get onto the ball. Maybe needing that someone in the sort of final third or, or midfield that that just takes the takes the game by the scruff of the neck and says, "Listen, you're either coming with me, 
or I'm going down fighting and you guys will be the ones that will be singled out. And just now it doesn't seem to have that. And I don't know if it's because there's been a few new, you know, Sims have just come in. You can't really expect him to be barking orders, but he comes from a good pedigree. He should be, you know, trying to carry these boys on to, to be better really in, in the performances that they've been putting in. Ryan, Ryan, you're definitely on the ball there. And a really good bit of uh, evidence of that is every throw-in we have these days. When we get a throw-in, there's nobody puts their hand up. You don't see anybody running towards it. We take ages with the throw-in, and when we do, invariably, it goes back the way. Yeah, the safe options to go back. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it is It is frustrating. And, and that's what, like I said, that comes down to being willing to make that mistake. And, you know, people go, oh, brave in the tackle or brave winning headers or putting your body on the line. But sometimes braveness is saying, right, give me the ball. I'll make the mistakes or yeah. I'll be the one that tries something. That's that's bravery and that's, I know we're not going to speak about him, but that's what Scott Brown's done so well over his career. If you ever watch him play, he's always an option. Players at the top, top level are always wanting the ball, no matter where it is, no matter what the score is and no matter what situation they're in. And Hearts just don't seem to have that at the moment at all. Are we too nice, Ryan? Uh, from, from afar, I can definitely now teams are looking at, at hearts thinking well, we can get at them and and once we are on top they struggle to pull it back because there's been very little evidence this season of of hearts turning that around and you know all right you can concede goals and you can see goals all the time and, and losing a goal so early on can have a gives you plenty of time to get it but you know like i said earlier once they scored after three minutes then we score again on 10 minutes you're really expecting hearts just to go on and be like right let's fucking get that first five minutes out of the way and put our stamp on the earth stamp on the game and, and go out and get a good victory whereas they just don't seem to be able to kick on and um yeah i definitely think the whole league's looking at hearts at the moment thinking when are we going to be playing them because we've got a great chance to get some points i mean too predictable as well glory aren't we yeah i mean I- I don't think it's a case, you know, the, the too nice thing. I think there's it's something that's been thrown about in the past and I've agreed and there have been hearts teams that have been too soft and people can maybe highlight certain things. But you know, throughout the season, we've seen plenty of bite in that hearts team from plenty of players. My, my issue is, and I think Ryan was highlighting there in terms of the bravery side of things, it's not necessarily the winning the tackles and throwing yourself into blocks, but it's being aggressive with the ball. And I think that's our big issue just now. I mean, we had two thirds of possession again at, at the weekend, apparently we had sixty-five percent possession at McDermott Park, but we never looked like opening them up. I mean, I guess one of the frustrations is we actually did get back into it, and it was Barry Mackay who has been told to shoot a bit more, who had a, a pop at goal, came off the post, and Atkinson followed up. And in some ways, I was like, right, we've got ourselves out of not out of jail. It's still early on, but we've got over that early the the early stumble, so to speak. And at that stage. Stevie, do you not feel like that should be like, right, we've got the lift, the wind is in our sails now, it's all square, we're kind of back to what we started at, but we're the last team to score. But it never you're really ex- happened, it never really yeah, happened. You're expecting us to, to to get another goal at least. I think one of the problems we've got, if you look back, it's uh, back as far as the 6th of December against Dundee United, it was the last time we scored more than two goals in the league. So the confidence, the confidence of getting another couple of goals was kind of low. I know, you know, it's 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 exactly right, and we just never looked like opening them up. And St Johnston, I'll be, you know, they they weren't battering down, battering down the door, but they looked more potent than we did, and they were only getting a third of the ball. And I think that's 
where teams have figured us out. You can let us have the ball and we'll patiently move it around. But in areas of the park where we're not going to hurt the opposition. Um, so square all square at the break, you know, I thought Nielsen will get them in, try and get things hopefully improved for the second half, because I felt St. Johnston would have been by far the happier side at the break. Um and we'll probably feel this is a big chance for them to go and get three points. And 11 minutes into the second half, you know, we started the second half really poorly. And the winning goal, or what would be the winning goal, really sums up. I mean, it's a free kick, what, 50 yards or so away from goal out on the left-hand side, a couple of yards in from the touchline. A decent delivery from Halberg, but I was watching it back because I was remembering at the time, I was like, we are holding a really high line here. And I actually said it out loud. I hadn't realised I said it out loud. Um, and Ryan, you, you know, you're a defender. I'll, I'll come to you for this now. First of all, do you like a defence playing as as high a line as they did at a free kick? And secondly, if you're gonna hold a high line like that, how important is it that everyone holds that line? <laughs> it's crazy. You should see. I'm gonna try and get a photo of how high our coach in Q8 wants us to hold a line. We're like almost in line with the wall. That's how high he wants it. But the difference is we work on it in training. So everybody knows the sort of methods behind it when you drop. The keeper also knows. So It also goes down to your sort of keeper starting position. I need to see the the goal back again to actually properly um, critique. Lucky it's not Craig because otherwise he would message me, but critique exactly <laughs> where he is because if they are holding a high line, he can take a couple of steps out, especially with the way the free kick was, and he can just come out and catch it basically is what you're what you're wanting. But looking at the goal, you could just see so many heart play even the hearts players weren't in line. You know, when you see a lot of goals and you think it's offside, but the sort of defensive line seems to have a good structure to it. Whereas I think Kingsley was Possibly his man that missed it. Suda was really deep. A few others were, were deep. I it think, just seems like they all went at different times, which well, think allows the all the players to get free. Kingsley was, I think Kingsley was holding the line, but I think Atkinson and Sibic, especially, they break far too early. So they start playing. I, I know Robbie said, I mean, this is concerned me a little bit. Robbie said, I, I thought we'd kept a good line at the time, but sometimes with these small margins, you don't get them. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't think we kept a good line at all. As soon as the ball is about to be played, Atkinson, Civic breaks, Suter starts to break, everyone's all over the place. I don't think McCart's offside. I know Robbie suggested he might be. He doesn't look offside. I think at least one of Civic and Atkinson play him on. And he just, it, it, it's comical. He's got, what, five, six yards of space around him just to nod. It's, it happens in pretty much slow motion. Um, I just thought it kind of summed things up for me. I, I don't know what you think, Stevie. That summed things up for me just now, how disjointed we are, how easy that goal was. Yeah, definitely. And I wonder as well whether if uh, we had a fit Craig Alcott playing there, that goal wouldn't have uh, went in. Because um, we're definitely missing him when it comes to defending corners, free kicks, etc. Um, and I know that Soapy was a captain. But you really need somebody else in beside them there. It's, and, and Civic, for me, is too weak in there. He gets bullied by guys that are half his size. Um, and really, it's a, a case of the quicker we get Alkit back, the better, I think. And also, you're just naming players that are new to the club. So sometimes it's it's easy for a coach to say to Atkinson and Civic and everyone, we hold this line You know, before the game when they're doing the video. This is the, the line that we hold and... We drop on the, sometimes it's like the last step before they kick the ball. That's normally a, a reasonable 
sort of message that a lot of coaches do. So as the player puts his left foot down, if he's right footed, that's when you drop just before he kicks it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's all well and good saying that to the boys when they're sitting in the sort of changing rooms or the meeting room or wherever it is, because every single one of them goes, yep, yep, I've got it, got it, not a problem. It's not until you put sort of half an hour into it in training that you realize some boys drop a little bit earlier and what some boys think is last minute is to other boys too early. And, and that's what it looks like is because we have made a few different signings and a few boys that haven't played 10 games for hearts. So maybe it's a case of Robbie maybe misjudging that these players would adapt to it so quickly without Gordon, Halkett, players that have played majority of those games, keeping everyone on their toes. So it could be something as as small a detail as that that's maybe been missed in, in training in terms of working on it because we do have a few new players that have not been playing as regularly the last couple of games as they have done throughout the, the first half of the season. Laurie, can I just take this forward a little bit? Um, I don't really want to spend that much time particularly talking about the St. Johnson game. I want to talk about the fallout from that yeah, and also yeah. what, what happens next because we always say on this uh, podcast that identifying problems is one thing, but we'll try and come up with some semblance of a solution. So I want to I want to try and get one thing from the four of us, from each of us, that that we think might help going forward. That's one thing. Two, Hearts are second bottom, Motherwell are bottom, Celtic are top, and St Mirren are second. Of what does anybody form, know? Form yeah. guys. last few games. The form, yep, the form table after mm. after six games. And the third thing I want to talk about is a tweet from Tony Brown, friend of the show um, and author, who said, this was earlier today, this morning, Hearts clearly in a dip, three defeats in a row, and January recruitment looks questionable, although still too early to judge. But some of the hyperbolic reaction has been ridiculous widespread writing off of a manager slash group of players who have generally been excellent this season is laughable. If they don't make it to Hamden, brackets given backdrop of last year, and or fail to finish third, brackets given sustained run of poor form that would be required for that to happen, then is the time to deride the players slash question the manager's suitability for the job. Not now. The responses to that were very interesting, Laurie. I mean, look. I think we've said on here before. I think I've. I think we spoke about it last time. Actually, I think there's there's a there's a middle ground between people wanting to defend, and I think because of just how how outraged and passionate sometimes the the fans who are who have been against Robbie Nielsen get, I think other people feel they need to go more extreme and actually defend him at times when maybe there are things that should be highlighted and criticised. I, th- I still think it's in the middle. I, I think the main point there I agree with in that I don't think there's any point in calling for the manager's head when we're sitting in third place in our first season up and we started the season well, but we're on a bit of a downturn. But at the same time, I think questions have to be asked of his management right now, not to the point where you're saying, right, you don't have to jump straight to sack him, but questions have to be asked. And I, I would be surprised if some questions weren't being asked by Joe Savage in the background saying this is this is the same problem is is repeating. I mean I looked at I was reading his comments again pre St Johnston and post St Johnston. Pre St Johnston he said 
We want to regain possession and break quickly on teams with the pace we've got. In the last couple of games, we've become more possession-based than counter-attacking. We need to get a balance between the two. It's probably more the initial first pass to break lines. At the start of the season, we would wrap the ball through when we won it. I felt in the last couple of games the pass was there, but we maybe chose the sideways or backwards option. That allows teams to get back into shape and it's more difficult to break them down. We want to get back to that spark of aggression. That's before St. Johnston. Post St. Johnston. We didn't play at the level we should be playing at McDermott Park. It's a different game when you go there with the surface and the way the game is played. I felt that we were a wee bit passive about our play. You need to be more direct and more aggressive. That's not the way we want to play, but sometimes to get results, you need to play like that. It's up to us to regroup as a unit and get back to um, and get back going again for this week. Sort the issues that are causing us a wee problem. I would expect us to be better this week. My concern, Stevie, is this seems to be the same issue. It's kind of Groundhog Day every week, and now I'm like, what? Why will we be? Why will we be better this week, Robbie? Because you said the same thing before the last game. <laughs> yeah, I think when he said, "I expect," that's the bit that gets me. As a manager, I would want him to say, "I demand that we get this right next time." Mm-hmm. Um, expect's not good enough. We we need to demand more of the players and get something more out of them. And I think yeah. the the thing that's got me and lots of other Hearts fans as well. Is this back pass sideways, back pass yeah. sideways, and we never seem to have it's more slow, Stevie, isn't it? Passes. Yeah, pedestrian. It's two it's miles slow. an hour. Anybody can see what we're going to do next. That so that's the, sorry, that's the first I've heard of that. What did he think McDermott Park and St. Johnson was going to be like? That's the biggest <laughs> thing that I came up yeah. from. We, we've not won there in 10 years. Did he think that the pitch was going <laughs> to be perfect and they were going to let us have possession? Like the game went exactly how we guessed last week and how I think most Hearts fans would have guessed. So if they had that week to work on it, maybe try something different. Maybe say, listen, we're not going to try and wrap those passes into the tent. If if there's anybody in the back gets it, first option is to get it up front and we'll go from runners and we'll um, try something different instead of then after the game being like, yeah, actually it was a little bit of a tricky game. We weren't expecting the pitch to be as bad as it was and the conditions to be as bad as it was and for St. Johnson to sit in deep and just catch us on the counter, that's what I think 99% of the league expects when they go yeah. to McDermott Park. Yeah, it's been the same right. since since you won there when we last won there, isn't it? The pitch is, it's, it's February. We knew the weather would be terrible. Um, the drainage is shocking at McDermott Park. It's always a bad pitch. It's, it has generally been a bad pitch. I mean, and St. Johnson, we're going to want to kind of dig in and play quickly against us but let us have the ball because it's a difficult pitch and we're very passive so yeah you're right it was it went exactly to plan for them and we were as predictable I think as probably Callum Davidson would have hoped we would have been yeah, but right. it's, a bad, it's a bad pitch for for uh, St Johnston as well as Hearts yeah. and for a, t- for a team like Hearts to have waited 10 years to get a result up there it's that bollock I mean it was £2 a pint the last time we won there <laughs> I was going to say um, so I, I want to I want to take you back to something I said maybe five minutes ago I want to each of you and I'll, I'll, I'll start if you, if you don't mind because I'm introducing this this question for the three of you Albert Einstein apparently once said that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results so the four of us are going to change things around we're all going to manage the team um, for the next few minutes. And we're going to say to everyone listening what we would do to change things. All right. I'm just going to start and say, until Craig Halkett is back, we play 
at the back. Stevie, what would be your solution to try and uh, avoid this malaise? Okay, for me, what I would do, I would agree with you with the four at the back, but what we'd do is replace Sibic with Haring at the back, basically because I think he's a better, a better defender. And at the end of the day, we sign him as a centre-half, but we always play him as a midfielder. Hmm. Ryan? I would probably go four at the back. But, yeah, possibly play Herring in there and then have, what, go 4-4-2? Four, four, or am I picking it? Sorry. Yeah, you're, you're, you're picking it. I mean, I, I'd go four. If you're, if you're putting Herring at the back, Herring I could maybe understand if it was part of a back three, um, swapping with Civic. Um but if you're playing four at the back, you've got Suter, you've got Harry. And, and I would only play four at the back until until Halkett comes back, because I think the correlation between him being out and our form uh, cannot be underestimated. So, yeah, so, so Stevie's, Stevie's talking about Haring um, potentially swapping with Civic uh, and maybe a four. I've gone with a back four. You like that as, as well? And if it is a back four, what are you doing in front? Are you doing two holders? Are you doing a 4-1-4-1, 4-1-3-2? What are you doing then? If I was playing St. Johnston, I probably would have went 4-4-2 and played two proper strikers to pin their back four out and get us to get up the pitch. I would have played Janelli and Mackay on the wings and allowed them to sort of come into that sort of 10 position and then told the fullbacks to bomb on. So your fullbacks are then providing you the, the width and then one of your sitting midfielders... I would probably have Herring uh, Peter in there because he can drop sort of back to create that three sort of quite naturally if the if the two fullbacks go high. So And I would have just tried to play the game as much as we could in St. Johnston's half. Because the other thing is, the last two league games have been against the teams that are bottom of the league. So that old question, or that old sort of saying is, they make mistakes because they're not at the bottom of the league for for not making mistakes. So if you continually put them under pressure, there's going to be a misclearance, there's going to be a, a bad header, there's going to be a bad pass, someone's not going to track someone, and then you need to be able to, to counter that and, and score. So I would have just been putting them under pressure from from minute one and, not, <laughs> and try not give them a goal after bloody three minutes. Laurie, what's your solution to this? Well, Craig Hulk is back this weekend, so... Is he? Ooh. Yeah. Thank fuck. Well, I mean, uh, it, don't tease us. Don't give me a butt. Don't give me this. Uh, <laughs> Nielsen, Robbie Nielsen is hopeful that Craig oh. Halkett um, will be back. Robbie in, Nielsen uh, was hopeful of us winning and playing well at uh, St. Johnston. I know. He says yeah. the hamstring injury, he's apparently responded well to treatment and he began running at Rickerton over the weekend. He wasn't. Well, that expected. seems pretty soon, though. From yeah, Ryan, well, from, from running to playing. That's see after a hammy. Risky. Yeah. Risky. But then I would question he's not fast enough to pull a hammy in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> he's, back at, he's back in the Kuwait team and he thinks he's won the world. Oh. No. No, that's that's, a, here. that's a good old saying. Centre-back centre should never pull the hammy. We're not fast enough. The centre-back's but, union has divisions. There's cracks appearing. No, but I, I do think if, if someone is to possibly get through a game with a hammy injury, it is your centre-backs. They, they can possibly get through that because... We're never really relying on our blistering pace that we all have to, to get out those situations. Whereas your wingers and strikers, they're making those sort of intense runs, you know, 15 times more than us. So, um, but I do definitely 
I do definitely think that they'll be doing everything that they possibly can to get him back into that team, um, which might not have been the case, say, three weeks ago. So we're sitting in third place just now. So I know, yes. I know we've, we've had lots of talk about how comfortable we are sitting in third place. I was doing a, bit of, I was doing a little bit of, a bit of research into previous seasons. So we played 27 games at this point in the season. In the last, the last 20 years, what season do you think we had most points at the 27-game mark in? This season. No, no, no. 2006. Nope. No. Okay. Not 05 or 06. No, I thought it would be. Yeah. I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, is that, is that a trick question? It's not a trick, no, it's not a trick question. Not. It's just a surprising okay. one. I was surprised as well. Jeffrey's the one where we. Um... Mm-hmm. Yep. So 2010, yeah. 2011, we had 55 mm-hmm. points. After 27 games. 27 was, games. You were there, Ryan, weren't you? Yeah, I wasn't getting a game. Yeah, I, don't think, I wasn't playing, yeah. I was um, I was being a good squad member. I was getting those boys yeah, going from the training. The camp. usual. <laughs> the usual. They were, they were known if they didn't perform that I was in. That's <laughs> how you'll be remembered, Ryan. He was a good <laughs> squad player. Yeah, he's um, a great teammate. Not, a, not the best on the field, but great teammate. Great teammate. So 55 points. So we've currently got 43 wow. points just now, incidentally. But 55 how, how, how many did we end up with that season, Lauren? Well, this is this is when I was going to ins- instill some fear into everyone, oh, oh, hopefully. Because why not? Why not? I mean, there's none. <laughs> Jeez, man. Because yeah, bring a little downer on it. it in you, 20... you give us that stat, and we're all optimistic. Well, and then you 2010, just, you, you chuck some shite at the, at the wall. Come <laughs> 27 on, games in, we were right. 16 points clear of Kilmarnock who were fourth and Dundee United were seventh at this point and we were 24 points ahead of Dundee United now albeit they had three games in hand so say they win all those three games in hand at best they are 15 points behind us this is 27 games in we at that point we were a point off of Rangers by the end of the season we were two points ahead of Dundee United (laughs) um Still, still in third, only just. We only got one win in the last 12 games of that season. So a lead of 24 points over Dundee United, albeit they had three games in hand, but they still had to win those games in hand. And we finished two points ahead of them. I think if, if we played one more <laughs> fixture, I think we probably <laughs> would have finished fourth. Now, that's got to be a bit worrying. You, that's got you, to be worrying you when you look at You've got to blame McGowan for that. I mean, he can't take the praise for getting Hearts to 50-odd points after 27 games and then disappear and say, it was my fault. Must have gone on loan or something. That's why we all fell off. Do you know we actually had more points at this stage last time we were in the top, uh, the season before the season that didn't end. So under Craig Levine in 2018-2019, we had one more point after 27 games. Yeah, but what was the the nearest team to us? Because this... You've got to give bigger picture here. I saw one of the responses to Tony's tweet. Basically, says we're the less shite of the shite teams. And which... I think, I, I think it's too simplistic to just say that it's because the other teams are bad. But at the same time, it has played a part. You know, Aberdeen, Hibs, Motherwell, Dundee United—they've all had terrible runs in the season. I know we're on one just now, but. 
all I'm trying to say is this could very easily go wrong for us. We we need to snap out of this quite oh, quickly. Because... Cheers. Okay, I'm just, oh. just, just putting out there. No, no, take heart. Sorry. Sorry, let me go, Stevie. Uh, take heart from the point that we are in positive goal difference and there's only three teams in the league with that, Rangers, Celtic and us. If we can keep that going, we'll be third. Okay. It's on goal difference, end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I, I mean, sign, sign me up for that. Then we can have our, our post-mortem. Then we can decide what, what's to happen next. Um, because I, short-termism is... I, I can't I, I can't defend anything that, that Hearts have done of, of late. And I wouldn't want to, because I'd just be silly by doing that. And and no one should be able to defend what Hearts have, have thrown up of late. But we do have to see the bigger picture. And now is not the time for, for kind of, let's get rid of the manager and, and do that. The manager has to be better, right? The, the players have to be better. The leadership starts from the top, and it hasn't been good enough. But it's the same set of players, and it's the same manager that got us into a position that we now have the opportunity, if we do screw up two or three more times, that we still have that, that breathing space. But that's that's not going to get us over the line. We have to go and perform. We have to win the, the quarterfinal of the, the Scottish Cup against St Mirren, who are likely to be managed by Stephen Robinson, it appears, after St Mirren gave uh, or got permission from Morecambe to uh, to speak to, to, to Stephen after Stephen Naismith withdrew from the role. So they are the second team in that form table that we mentioned. So I, I get that. I mean... It's very difficult now to say, oh, yeah, but but look at the bigger picture. Hearts started well and then fell off. If Hearts had started poorly and then picked up and been nine points clear, the feeling around Tynecastle would be so much better because it's momentum. The fear is that we don't have that momentum. And, Ryan, I'm sure you, you'll, you'll have been in football long enough to know momentum's not something that, that you can just turn a switch on. And it happens. You've got to build to that. And to build, you've got to have confidence based on success from decent results. That means winning and winning quickly. So something's got to, got to happen. But for anyone just saying it's, it's not good enough, 100% it's not good enough. But try and see the bigger picture a little bit. If Hearts don't finish third from here, bearing in mind where we were, and I know we started the... The, the, the second part of the season after the winter break, five points clear of the next best team. And now we're nine, having been double digits. I think it would be a failure of a season overall because it lasts 38 games with the split. So if we finish third, I think it's a successful season, regardless of what happens between now and then. Discuss. I also think that the outrage wouldn't be as bad if it was an Aberdeen or a St. Mirren that we had just got those two defeats off. I think the thing that really sticks out and annoys is, is we've played the two bottom teams. Mm. And the manner of it as well. Right? That's, and we've yeah, and we've gone down without a fight in, in both yeah, games. Good and that's why they're annoyed. I mean that's Yeah. I, I am annoyed. They should be annoyed. We're all annoyed. It's not they're good two shit teams. They're two shit teams and they both deserve to be us. Yeah. But they're better than yeah. us just now. That's the worrying thing. Exactly. That's why I think it's justified that people are annoyed. Stevie, you've um, you've listened to us waffling on in previous weeks, I'm sure, as well. What? How do you feel about the current situation, Robbie Nielsen and 
and and what the future holds. Do you are you convinced that he's that he's, a he's the one. answer long term? Or? It is a difficult one. I mean, to be perfectly honest, at the start of the season, if somebody said we'd be in this position, they would have bitten their hands off for it. Let's be honest. For us to be third at this stage was something we probably did not expect, and we're here. The big problem is, just as Ryan had said, is that the last two games in particular, losing to teams like that, it really hurts. And it's not just the fact they lost, it's the fact we lost and played, you know, we lost by a whimper, you know, we just had no guts, determination. I mean, two or three weeks ago, Devlin was looking great. His attitude was brilliant. And I thought, you know, if we could just get every player using the same attitude as Devlin, we'd be world beaters. But even he's fell off. You know, it's, it's, it's disappointing. I don't know what it is. It, it, it's a, there seems to be a lack of motivation and I can't really put my finger on it. But there is, there is that lack of directness and, uh, you know, we talked earlier about wanting the ball as well. We, we just don't have players that want the ball and put their foot on it. <clears throat> Come the end of the season, what would constitute success in your eyes? The, what, what would be the minimum now from this point that would constitute successful and what would be the point where you think you'd have to question the manager's future yeah. ahead of the next campaign? Well, being third would, would be a success. That's, def- that's definitely true. However, if we were to lose to St Mirren both games, I think you're then calling into question a wee bit, aren't we? Because you're then looking at form that's relegation form, really, if you look at the last few games. Yeah. Um, there has to be something done. I also wonder as well, no one mentions the assistants. Lee McCulloch and Gordon Forrest and, and what they bring to the party. I'm not sure. I, I really am sure. I don't, don't know what the role seems to be. Um, Robbie wasn't in the dugout, so were they, were they the ones that were supposed to motivate the players? And if they, if they were, they didn't do a very good job of it. That's true. I mean, I, I wish I had the games in front of me or off the top of my head, but his previous touchline ban, we, we did struggle, and that was in amongst, I think, a better run of form. Um, early in the season, is it, so there's. Is it a one game, Laurie, or is it, it was just got... it was just a one game for an accumulation of okay. accumulation of cards, which I didn't even know about until about half an hour before the game when he was hanging around um, in the main stand. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, he'll be back for the St Mirren game. So yeah, we'll 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 move on from that because we're we're not. I don't think we're going to find any answers right now but we'll we'll maybe look ahead to submit it before the end of the podcast okay moving on to different topic we mentioned at the very start stevie about the obviously the news that you'd received and then the kind of public video that was put out there by hearts back in the i think it was early december wasn't it yeah uh, about your mnd diagnosis a video that i've mentioned already i think it was took a lot of guts for you to to go and do that but i think it touched a lot of hearts fans i hope it had a, a positive impact in terms of raising awareness and and hopefully raising some some funds for for mnd and mnd scotland but what's it been like for you especially since was it, it was last february wasn't it that you eventually got the diagnosis yeah yeah i mean last february was when i got the diagnosis at that point it was just the fact that i had a a frozen foot, um, but then as time went on, uh, it got worse and it, it spread up to the top of my leg. Um, my breathing started to get bad, um, and to the to the extent we were concerned. And at that point, the the M and D nurses uh, did the assessment, and that's when they gave us the bad news around how long I had to go, which was 
at that point, three to five months, which was uh, which was horrible. And I did the video, um, which I found extremely hard to do. Um, it really was hard to do a bit of soul searching doing that. Um, but I'm glad I did do that because it, it, it did hit the spot as far as M&D Scotland were concerned. Um, they were delighted that someone someone would do it. Um, and obviously the, the, the cash it raised was pretty substantial. I think uh, I didn't get the final figure from them, but it was £40,000, I believe, uh, at match day against Rangers. And there was more money came in after that. Um, I had a heart shirt as well that we, we gave down to Scott to, to raffle that day as well. And that got another, I can't mind, it was 400, 500 quid or whatever it was as well. So cash-wise, it was it was good for MD Scotland. Um, the awareness thing, I think, is, is great. I mean, I, I never really used Twitter that much before, but I got some amazing uh, feedback, some really nice messages from people out there I didn't know. Um, you know, even people like Kevin Kyle sent me a nice message. Ely Barber sent me a nice message. Uh, and also managed to uh, find people who had MND as well. There was a guy who worked in a civil service, but he was actually based in the Caribbean. And he had just been diagnosed. He was a jambo and he was on his way home. He sent a wee message and, and you know, got in touch with him about how things go and whatever. Uh, there was also a young lad who sent me a message saying his mum had it and what was the advice that I could give him and in all honesty the only advice I can give anybody is to be positive um, that's the way I've faced this I mean I know I'm going to die I know I'm going to die soon I'm not going to see um, out another year it's not it's just not going to happen um, but it's about waking up in the morning and saying you're beauty I'm still alive and that's the way I, that's the way I live my life I, I enjoy doing what I do and I'll certainly um, do as much as I possibly can do even though I'm hampered now because I can't really walk that far um, and I have a machine at night that I have to use to breathe. Um, I've got two, I've got one downstairs, one upstairs. The one I use upstairs is all night and then the one I've got in the living room I use for about an hour or so around about tea time. But you know what, I'm still here and I'm, I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to be able to see my football team, even though at the moment they're not doing so well. How important do you think um, something like like a football club is around this time and and the kind of family aspect, the community aspect of that, because, you know, results, you know, getting beat by St. Johnston, well, we're, we're grumping and moaning about it just now. We're going to, we're probably going to mump and moan before the end of this about how bad we're going to be against St. Mirren. But ultimately the results are not that important really in the grand scheme of things. But um, one thing I'm very aware of with Hearts and other football clubs as well, that there is a real, solidarity among people and obviously you're facing something that you know I could could only begin to imagine how difficult it must be but is there is there something in that strength that is is good for for you in this sort of situation or others in a situation like that even though you know there's it's, it's very difficult to look past the sort of bleak outcome but that kind of family and community spirit amongst football fans uh, absolutely I mean I really have to say hearts have been magnificent I, I really have been brilliant um, there's there's a girl there called Kat who's the uh, marketing and communications manager, I believe. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. been brilliant. You know, she's made sure we could swap our seats so that I've got seats that are much more easily accessible. Um, the thing they did for me to, for the director's box for, for the Rangers game was superb. It really was. I mean, they didn't have to do that. 
the directors themselves they probably never get mentioned, but you know what? Every one of them came up to me and said, hello, how are you doing? And I also got the invite from Hibs to go to the Derby game, to their director's mm-hmm. box. And you know what was a really nice touch is when the Hearts directors came in. Um, every one of them came up to, to, to talk to me uh, before the game. That in itself shows it's a you know, kind of caring club. Um, even the players, because the man of the match for the Ross County game that I managed to get to go to as well was Peter Haring. And when I, I got to present him with the, the bubbly, and the first thing he said, he says, look, he says, I'm not wanting that. He says, give that, give that to your missy. She's been going through a lot. You take that. And I thought that was a fantastic touch. And I must admit, there was, my son Craig was with me as well, and he was he was laughing going out the door because he says, Dad, I've always dreamt of carrying the boy bubbly as man of the match uh, outside Tynecastle. So that made his day. Um, but no, honestly, hearts have been brilliant. They really have. Really good. Uh, and I'm a member of the Livingston District Heart Supporters Club. They've been great as well. Um, every time you see them in the pub, they're always asking how I'm getting on and how I'm doing. Um, and you need that. You know, one thing you do need is is people to show you some care. And, you know, the number of people that just come to see me to see I'm getting on, it's great. You know, it's that's what keeps you going. Stevie, when you did that video, I defy anybody who watched that not to look like they've just cut onions for five minutes because there were eyes that were welling everywhere, I'm sure, because it, it was emotional. And, and I know you said how difficult it was both to agree to do it and then to do it as well. But that video, Doddy Weir, Hearts with MND Scotland on the front of their jerseys. Yeah. What do you think the culmination of all of that is doing for awareness of this god-awful disease and fundraising to know that, look, it might not be in your lifetime, but a younger generation of person who develops MND, it's known as Lou Gehrig's disease over here, can have hope that it isn't terminal and it can be lived with. How important was it to do that video and for Hearts to have that on the front to raise awareness for this disease. Yeah, I mean, the way I was asked to do that was my MND nurse. Uh, she is a heart fan as well. And she said that, you know, they wanted somebody to do this. Would I do it? And I said, well, I don't really fancy doing it, to be honest. And she goes, well, if you don't do it, nobody's going to do it. Um, go and think about it and, and we'll not put pressure on you. But, <laughs> um, pressure, right? <laughs> But uh, we'll, we'll come back and ask you. And I said, look, I'll do it. I'll go for it. And I think it was important. And I think one of the things that I sat there with my wife when we did it in the, in the changing room, the, the, the interview, and the guy, the guy will tell you this, we did it one take. It was all done. And I still don't know how I managed to do that in one take. Um, but the feedback, again, again, we got from it was, was phenomenal and we do need to raise awareness and I think Hearts have done brilliant at it you know we've got MND on their jerseys um, renewed it as well which was another great thing to do as mm-hmm. well um, MND Scotland love the fact that Hearts are involved in it um, and of course there's the, the Doddy Weir Foundation as well which 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 helps a lot there's Rob Burrow and Doddy Weir um, on the TV on Breakfast TV a lot of the time as well trying to raise money I mean they're not, you're right, they'll not find a cure for me, unfortunately. No, I'll be long gone before they get a cure. But hopefully, sooner or later, they will find a cure for 
people further down the line. I mean, the drugs that they give you just now, it's 30 years old. Um, right, right, 30? It's 3-0? Yeah, yeah, it's 30 wow. years old. Um, they've had nothing since then. And it's supposed to give you a few months extra. And probably in my case, it's worked. Um, well, that's Alexa talking to me. I don't know how she managed to. So, yeah, it's a 30-year-old drug, uh, Rhizolo. Um, and that's all you get. There's nothing else they can give you. And basically, your muscles are, are wasting away. You've got to do all you can to reserve your energy, really, because no matter what food you put in, it's only going to go one place. It goes on your belly. Um, and it's about, you know, you, you've got to rein in everything you used to do in the past. And the things I miss the most, playing football, we used to love playing football, playing golf. In fact, that was one of the reasons we, we managed to discover there was something wrong. We are playing five-side football, and I was absolutely gash that day and uh, one of my pals one of my pals speaking to the other guy and he goes he used to be good <laughs> I mean he said that that, that that hit me you know that, that there's something seriously wrong have, but, yeah, have you been sorry Steve have you been made aware of, of new drugs I mean I've been doing a wee bit of research over here mm -hmm. as I said it's Lou Gehrig's disease uh, and in May 2017 um, the FDA approved uh, a drug called Radicava um, no. in the last 12 months there's an investigative drug called arimoclomol um, which is being developed by orvazine um, that's in a phase three clinical trial so are you hopeful that these kind of drugs that have been approved over here by the fda and i'm sure there's ones in, in trials over in the united kingdom oh, there, is, yeah. there, is, there is there is hope um yeah be, and, and that's to do with the money that's being raised. It wouldn't be possible to do this without people like yourself and Hearts and everybody else, Doddy, we're making people aware of this disease. Yeah, there's major research going on at Edinburgh University. One of the things I know that they're looking at, and, and it's, it's a weird situation, it's to do with fish, of all things, because there's a fish that apparently can regenerate its uh, backbone, and they think that there's, there's a link there somewhere along the lines that they can, they can develop from that. So there's some amazing work that's been done by Edinburgh University. Um, but as I say, at the moment, the drugs you're talking about, Mark, I've not heard of or I've not been asked to, um, to, to try out. But we, we have, there are trials that are going on all the time. Um, and they're, they're hopeful they're getting nearer and nearer and nearer to, to finding some sort of cure. Never, but it's, never... it's, made, it's made in line. Yeah, and, and I never thought on Scarves Around the Funnel that we'd be talking about a zebrafish. <laughs> because that's that's the fish, uh, yeah. Supposedly, yeah, that carries a complex genetic change known to cause the most common genetic form of of MND. That's nuts. Yep, yep. yep. That's it. Follow that, Dunsire. <laughs> I, I, I cannot. There's no way I can follow that. And I was just going to say, Stevie. I mean, obviously, MND Scotland is the the organisation we have on on the heart yep. shirt. It's the organisation in this country. It's it's what the fundraising that we've done here um, around around Scotland and in Edinburgh and of course at Hearts that the money's gone to I think it's I looked at the Just Giving page that Hearts have for MND Scotland and it's on 55 grand um, right. at, at this point you can yeah you can go to justgiving.com mm. and, and search for that how important is the work that MND Scotland do specifically obviously you you've had quite a lot of experience with them well they're fantastic as well I mean one of the things they do do is they give it to you straight, you know, what, what you can expect to see happening. And uh, a lot of it's not very nice, you know, things that 
that will happen to you eventually. Um, I mean, as I say, luckily at the moment, I've got my foot, I've got issues with my hand now in terms of being able to grip as good as I used to. Um, and the breathing is the worst thing you can possibly get. And I've got that early, long before a lot of the other symptoms. But they tell you that, they'll tell you what's, what's going on. If you've got breathing, then it's, it's, it's bad. Um, but they're also really, really helpful as well. Um, for the simple things, you know, like getting a blue badge for your, for your car, for example, because obviously I can't get around as easily as I used to. But they did all that for me. You know, they said, look, we'll get that organised for you. We'll get everything done. And you'll get it sent to your house. And that's what they did. They did that. The other thing, it sounds a bit morbid, but again, really good that they did it, was they, they organised getting my will done um, and a power of attorney. And that was free of charge. Horrible thing to have to do, but obviously much better to have that than not to have that. Um, so, yeah, they've been really, really supportive and, and helpful. Ryan, you um, you lost a, a former teammate uh, less than two years ago when Hearts fans lost a, a kind of cup-winning legend when, when Marisal Yukis passed away 31st of October 2020. Uh, just 36 at the time, um, just a little older than I am just now and just a few years older than what you are. Are, are these moments when you, you know, you've, you've got Stevie and had Maris in the past, are these important to, to make sure that we are all, we, we take note of this and we, we are aware of, of something as awful as MND and we try to do everything we can to at least put something, put something forward to, to go towards, hopefully at some point in the future, kind of finding a cure? Yeah, yeah, massively. And, you know, I'd just like to, to touch on, we were talking earlier about, you know, players being brave and, and players getting on the ball. Stevie, your your story, mate, you, you're probably one of the bravest people I've met. And I'm, I'm sure I don't speak for just for myself. No one could imagine what you're going through. And, and for you to put yourself out there as hard as it was, like you said, you probably won't realise how many people you've helped in terms of donating money, in terms of raising awareness. And, you know, as a, a former Hearts player, as a, as a fan, as a, someone on this podcast, um, you should just know how much everyone's thinking of you, how extremely brave you are. And, um, you know, everyone is just honestly wishing you all the very best to not only you and your family, but I just wanted to say, mate, we're talking about football and we're talking about players being brave and results like that. Nothing comes, nothing compares to, to how brave you are and what you're going through at the moment, mate. So I just wanted to, to say that. Thanks, Ryan. No, very well said. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm sure the uh, same sentiments would be echoed, echoed by, by, by every Hearts fan. Um, and, you know, y- you can donate still to the, the Hearts Just Giving one, you can just look it up. It's on the justgiving.com slash campaign slash hearts. Uh, you can also donate directly to MND Scotland. Just text Cure MND, all one word, all capital letters to 70660. Donates £5. And, and you see so many you know, fantastic bits of fundraising going on. I mean, you, you go on that page and there's like, you can even see the names on the Just Giving page for Hearts. Craig McBride, three and a half grand almost. Jack Egan, I think is four and a half grand. So people really kind of coming together and hopefully all that does make a difference down the line. Yeah, there's the guys who do this, the, the sponsored walks as well. They're doing a great job too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's been very good to see. It's been really good to see.
Okay, before um, before we head off this week, we will talk about something which does pale in significance compared to what we've just been talking to. But um, we will have a little chat about St Mirren against Heart of Midlothian. Uh, Stevie, we'll we'll start with you. How are you, how are you feeling ahead of this match? Do you, do you think we will see a different Hearts when they travel to Paisley on Saturday? Well, if Al gets back, it might make a bit of a difference, but I still can't see us getting goals. That's that's the biggest issue. I would probably go for an old old draw, actually. Probably take that just now, which is probably yeah. sad to say. Um, St Mirren are unbeaten in, in eight in all competitions, as Mark highlighted earlier. They're one of the form teams in the league, also unbeaten in eight matches at home. Um, Hearts without winning 90 minutes in five games just now. Um, they did win in Paisley last time out. It was their first win away to them since... Christ, since McGowan was playing as well back in March 2012. Uh, Mark, in, in some ways, is that a better team for Hearts to be playing than than a St Johnston who who are down and out? I don't know. It's hard to predict. Am I just man. clutching here? <laughs> if anybody could say with confidence they knew what, what's going to happen, I think they'd be lying. <laughs> Three nil hearts. <laughs> oh, how much whiskey have you had, Mark? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, I, I know. Look, I was. I think there's similar. I was looking at the history of this fixture, Hearts and Paisley, and I think there's similarities between Perth and Paisley, even though it's part of the. the They're European in the song. song. I know. I know. But Why are they in the song? We're, we're terrible there. I know. Well, so is Altabelli and, and Paolo Rossi and, and all that. We need to update that as well. We've travelled not very far to Easter Road and just end it there because that's the aye, place. It's the only place that we have a decent like away record at. I'm looking at, I know we won there the last time, but that was our first win in the league. Now, I know you mentioned the cup win since Templeton and Kyle in December yep. 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what Gowser was up to that day, even though Bua came on um, for Callum Elliott near the end. It, we, we can't... What is it when teams' name starts with Saint that we struggle with away from home? St Mirren, St Johnston. It's impossible to, to predict, Two. right? If Hulk is back, if, if, if Hulk is back, then I'm, I'm, I'm far more encouraged and optimistic. Yeah, but, but our problem's it, not been... No, I know, I know. some problems with it. The main problem's not... We're not falling that. into I mean, the same not trap. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of falling into the same trap. It's misery, 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 misery. Two no hearts, three no hearts. It's <laughs> I can't I can't end on a on a downer, right? I've got to I don't think we'll lose. There you go. I think I've covered all bases. Are I you think trying to convince us yourself? I'm trying to convince myself. <laughs> Honestly, that's the most important thing because I can't I can't convince you. I don't, I've got no idea what's going to happen. It's, and I'm not going to be swayed, and I'm glad we're doing this on a Monday. I'm not going to be swayed by by words coming out of, of Rickerton this week because talk is cheap. Just go and perform. I wasn't overly confident earlier in the season. I, th- I thought we had a chance to win, and, and we won. And I thought we were we were pretty good first half. We were we were decent enough there. Um, I would I would take a I would take a similar result. But does anybody know what's going to happen? No. Not, not one result would surprise me this weekend. If we get pumped, if we beat them, if we draw. I would be very surprised if we pumped them. I would be, I'd be pleasantly surprised, but I'd be very surprised. 
I just don't know. We've got to start winning. So why not this weekend? There we go. Positivity. Okay. I'm I'm not feeling overly positive, I must say. Uh, we obviously don't know what what position St Mirren will be in in terms of, of a manager. We we hear Stephen Robinson is the likely candidate. Stephen Naismith is out, out of the running now and will remain as a coach at Hearts. Uh, Ryan, how, how does that you you've, how does that affect preparations for the game? You've you must have been in teams before where you're playing a a team that's either going to have an interim manager in charge or it's going to potentially be a new boss. Does it kind of make them a bit of an unknown quantity? A little bit, but it's it's sometimes also strange because a lot of the time when they don't have a manager, results are poorly and they've and they've just been sacked. Whereas it's kind of the opposite for St. Mirren. They've yeah. It will be a case of whoever I think it's is it Jamie Langfield that took them at the weekend. Yeah, there was I think um one of our guests was helping out. I think Andy Webster was actually on the touchline as well. But Jamie Langfield was the was the main man and he did the post match and everything. So yeah. So I, I think from their case, which is probably worrying for Hearts, would be just much the same. Keep it the same as, as it has been going, um, which can, which can sometimes you, you know you don't have a manager, so players can not play with freedom as such, but they they do have that sort of case of they're not having to answer to anyone or, or having anyone sort of rip into them because if it is Webby or Jamie Langfield on the sideline, you know. Well, half of your part of you in the head is thinking well it doesn't matter if you think I'm shy because there's someone else that's going to come in the door on Monday and, and the, he can decide so it, it is a it's a strange one because look, they have been on such a good a good run so that the manager probably doesn't make a massive difference but I, I do worry for hearts it doesn't look on paper it's a lot harder game than the than the last two but you know sometimes we're talking about momentum Going there and getting a little scrappy one nil win can sometimes then just kick you on and and get everything back. You know, football is very fickle, and you know if we beat Saint Mirren at the weekend, the podcast next week will be that's us turn the corner and off we're going. So it could change the the momentum in a positive way and sort of kickstart the second half of the season, which we all hope happens. Score prediction. 2 0 St. Mirren. I think we've covered go, every go, base here. I'll go a, a scrappy 1 0 Hearts win with a Kingsley goal. Based on confidence, based on hope, blind optimism. based on blind optimism or blind loyalty. Um, based, based on that Hearts need a result, one, they won't be happy both players and staff with you know the previous results um, and I think it possibly helps that they don't have a manager so they might just be a bit like it's a it's another sort of free hit and um, yeah we can get we can get at them and, and get a get a result okay I'll, 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 I'll go optimistic then why not mainly because I've ordered a new pair of lucky hearts pants which I'll wear for the first time on Saturday so lucky um, Hearts. <laughs> yeah. Is that the ball bags? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> that's the only reason. Okay, why not? Yeah, one nil hearts as well. That's, that's, but there's, that's there's, just... there's, a, there's a problem with lucky pants because if we win and you wear them, you got to wear them again and you can't, it's like a scarf. You no, you don't them. say it. Don't say it. <laughs> a scarf's slightly different. And I don't, well, we don't want to get into... <laughs> if you wash them, you wash the luck out of them. Okay. 
well, I really hope we lose wear, now. Um, no, but wear them, wear them over a pair of pants. There you go. So you don't need to wash them. It'll be oh. cold down there as well. It's okay. Yeah, I'll be in the studio. He's, so in, oh, he's, with it. he's not at the game. He's doing it off the monitor. Yeah. Closer yeah. to the game than you two. Don't fucking start with that. That's <laughs> unnecessary. He's in Kuwait. I'm in Connecticut. Come on. We don't have a choice. We don't all have to go make big bucks all, all over the world, do we? Who you got with you, Rob? Is Rob going through with you? Um, yes, I think so. Yeah, we'll be Good. we'll be in the studio. I don't particularly like Paisley, so I'm not actually that fussed. But anyway, let's see. Well, let let's hope. Um, let's hope the blind optimism <laughs> pays off in the end. Uh, Stevie, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for taking time and missing EastEnders to come and chat to us. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Really appreciate being invited on. Enjoy that. Good stuff. Thank you. That was great to chat with you. Um, and obviously, thanks to the other pair, especially one who eventually turned up after finishing yeah. his, his, his hummus. He's apologised. Oh, honestly, um, hold a grudge, yeah. for God's sake. How many times has he got to say sorry? I can't, yeah, it's not like you used to have been late before. I can't believe you don't started. Start me, I'm backing you up. Have I been late? I don't know about that. To listen to the start of it. Anyway, yeah, you have been. oh, we were very kind to you. We never anyway. said anything bad. Yeah, don't don't listen to the start. Just you just <laughs> skip to like fifteen minutes in when when you join. Fifteen minutes in us. when you join. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's hope blind optimism pays off, and next week we're in um, in a great mood chatting about a big hearts win in Paisley. But until then, thanks for tuning in and goodbye. I got a big pot of hummus and I'm doing alright. Mama says she loves me, it's a lonely old life And most of my dreams, they never get to the light But nothing's gonna break my day I got a big part of whom I said I'm doing good Another day ended like I knew that it would There's a funny kind of feeling in my neighborhood But nothing's gonna break my day so take a carrot and then a celery, dip it in. Hold a memory, break the bread. Love your enemy, and if you cannot find a bridge, just think about your bridge and remember that.